Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode contains explicit language. And lots of it. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, March 13th, the Cursing Kids edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I host another show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is five, and my youngest, Ami, is two. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's six. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. I am mom to Naima, who is going to be 10 in just a few weeks, and we live in Los Angeles. Today's show is brought to you by the letter F. Because our letter writer, six-year-old, will not stop saying, fuck you. We've got some thoughts on that, then we'll do recommendations, and of course, dip into the mailbag. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's kick it off with our listener question. Dear mom and dad, help. My six-year-old uses the F word a lot. We have tried to take an ignore it and it will lose its power approach when dealing with cursing. Our kids know that they are not allowed to curse at school and definitely not at their grandparents' house and they're good so far about following those rules. However, my six-year-old has started saying, fuck you, which I am not a fan of. I love gentle parenting, and we are trying to parent without using a lot of punishments and rewards. However, I have no idea how to get her to stop. How do I get a six-year-old to stop saying, fuck you, without using punishments and rewards? P.S. Love your show so much. Have been listening for five or six years, and you all help bring a little moment of connection and sanity into my life. Best parent of cursing kids. Elizabeth, what the fuck do you think about this? I 
first want to say gentle parenting does not mean that you cannot set limits. It is completely okay, and you should, (laughs) in gentle parenting, tell your kid when they are doing something that is no longer appropriate. I also think it is completely okay to let your kids curse, but decide that them screaming fuck you at you (laughs) is not appropriate. Like, these are things that are okay, and a a six-year-old can definitely understand when you say, listen, we let you use these words, they express anger, that's totally fine. The difference between screaming fuck when you drop something or when you're frustrated and looking me in the eye and saying fuck you is huge, and here is why, okay? So I think, first of all, if you have not already just set that limit, you need to do it. and. It shouldn't be done in the moment when it happens. I think that you need to do it when they're when they're calm. I think the other thing is that you when they are calm need to have a discussion about what they are trying to express to you. And I you know feel confident that the deal is that they want you to know that what you have said or done upsets them. So in what way can they convey that that is respectful? And I think that this is important because if later in life they scream fuck you at a boss or at a partner, there are real consequences to that because it holds so much power. They need to understand that now, right? So that when they use that, they understand what they're doing. And I'm just not sure at six, particularly if people are sort of cursing, like that's allowed, it's totally fine, don't do it at school. Now they've turned this and this is causing a problem. They need some understanding of why, what that that limit is, right? And just being told, just like we can't do this at your grandparents, we're not going to do this when we're angry, but here are some other things that we can do. You know, I would emphasize that these are not words that we should be saying at this point in our lives, you know, that there are things that are appropriate for children and things that are appropriate for adults. And when you get older, if this is how you choose to articulate yourself, that's up to you. But right now, while I'm taking care of you, I don't want you to use that language. You know, I don't want you to use those words. And there can be very serious consequences outside of the house for using them. As Elizabeth said, if you say these words at school. I mean, some schools have really, really strict policies, you know, and you can get in a lot of trouble. Um, And also that these words can be very hurtful, you know, that you can convey, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, because it's not like they're saying, fuck, you know, like you said, it's not just like, oh my gosh, you know, God damn it, this thing has happened. It's like, fuck you. And fuck you is one of the strongest insults that you can level towards somebody. I mean, it is... Language is a toolbox, you know, and you want to select the tool that's appropriate for the job that you're doing. And so you're not doing fuck you jobs at this point. You know, you're not in a situation where you should need to say something that strong, that aggressive, that mean to someone. So it's unnecessary for you to do it. I'm not familiar enough with gentle parenting to know that it completely, uh, eliminates punishments and rewards. I don't know if that's just the, the this particular parent's personal preference, but I do think that, you know, I would reconsider not using punishments and rewards. I don't know that I would reward them for not saying fuck you, but I do think that, you know, if you say fuck you to me while we're playing Monopoly Junior, that could be reason for the game to end. 
You know, like yeah. I yes, think that, that is the, that is an actual gentle parenting technique. Okay, you have nailed gentle parenting. Thank you. I'm like, there's got to be some <laughs> that is, sort no, of consequences. Big, these natural consequences to thing, and that is a perfect example. Okay, that that I will no longer engage with you because the way you're behaving is inappropriate. I still love you, but I don't have to participate in this. That was a that was wonderful. Sorry, continue. I just. No, that was basically it, that I think you do need to find some ways to show them that there can be consequences for using that sort of language. And it's okay for there to be consequences in the house. Yeah, especially because the long term consequences, which you mentioned, might be harder for a six year old to wrap their head around. Like, what do you job one day? This is like, you know, but like if they say it and they don't get their dessert tonight or they get or they have to put their allowance into the swear jar. Um, this is, I would think that that's gonna, you know, make them think a lot more in the short term. And also, I wonder how much you swear, um, parent. As you know, like I've got a, a dirty mouth, and it might be effective to institute a swear jar for everyone in the house. If you give your kid allowance and they swear, they have to put, you know, a dollar into the jar. Just like if they hear you swear, you also have to put a dollar into the jar. And it's kind of this thing that you could you can work on together of, you know, um, cleaning up your language. If that is something that, that you want to get better at yourself, if you, are, if you are modeling that swearing, it might be a nice kind of family project rather than just piling on your kid for swearing. Well, parent of cursing kids, please let us know how things are going. Everyone else, do you have a question you'd like us to answer? Send it in. Email us at momanddad at slate.com or send us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's right. We have a new phone line and we are really excited about using it. It's so exciting to get a voicemail from you. Again, the number is 646-357-9318. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Let's move on to recommendations. Jamila, what do you got? So I've got a strange one. Um, After years of thinking that they were disgusting and just too hot to be eaten, I, thanks to Naima, have been converted. I am now a fan of Flaming Hot Cheetos. (laughs) 
They're so good. It happened. Oh my god, it happened. So had you not tried them before? I'd had them, but like I don't really like super spicy stuff, and I always thought they were just a little bit too hot to be enjoyable, you know? Because like there's like a real heat in your mouth. Like the first few bites are oh, fine, yeah. and then like it gets hot, and like if you feel it in your mouth after eating the food, you know. And I don't usually like like I like my spicy food to be like spicy while I'm eating. You know, this bite was spicy, but then I can like move on with my life, not like having a right. lingering heat in my mouth. And so that's why I didn't like these. And also, when I was a kid in Chicago, it was popular, apparently, to... We have this... This is a black thing. Um, the candy lady. She's oftentimes operating from her house or from a garage and, you know, selling... They buy bulk candy and they sell it. And what they would do is that they would sell flaming Hot Cheetos with, like, nacho cheese and maybe taco meat. But I didn't know about this because we didn't have candy ladies necessarily. There might have, like, there was a candy store. I don't think they would have sold them, though. Like, we didn't have a lot of the candy ladies around my neighborhood. So I wasn't familiar with this. But what I would see on the ground all the time in the 90s were the empty bags with just the remnants of the cheese sauce and the meat. So for years, I thought what I was seeing was vomit. <laughs> I thought the flaming hot Cheetos made people vomit. I believe this strongly. Like it was a thing. I never uh-huh. talked to anybody about it. Interestingly enough, but it was just because, a thing I carried with me. Why would you? Why would you bring? So you were a kid walking around and just like disgusted. This was the narrative yes. that there's just like, cheeto puke all over your city. Yeah, all over town. Uh-huh. And so when I would uh-huh. see people eat them, I would just judge them. Like, can't believe you eat those. You know, like they make Don't people. You know what's gonna happen? Yeah, and you're gonna throw up into the bag apparently because that's <laughs> right. also what happens. Um, it's built in. Yeah. And so it was not until like in literally maybe the last five years that I put together the whole meat and cheese thing and was like, oh my god, that's what I was seeing as a kid. It was not flaming hot bags of vomit because flaming hots were still kind of new you know so like, yeah. i thought this was like a phenomenon i thought this was like a problem but i i started buying them for naive you know i, I resisted especially like sending them to school because i'm like oh my god your hands turn red you know you have to go scrub your fingers after you eat them but right. you know the reason i initially bought them and i gave in was like well here's a snack that i can trust myself around like i will not eat Name was flaming Hots. Yeah. I mean, I realized a few weeks ago that I started liking them, you know, and I would just eat a few here and there, but I wouldn't really That's have a portion of them. I'm wondering, did you like them. build up kind of like a, like a, you have to, there's like some prep work involved. <laughs> I was, it was like me building up my tolerance over these yeah. last few weeks. Cause I would eat like a few at a time and that'd be fine, you know? And then the other day, I think it was like Sunday, we came home and I wanted a snack. And so I just poured us some in a bowl and we each ate some. And then last night I went and got the bag and sat on the couch. She was like, don't eat all my flaming hot sauce for school. And I was like, it's fine. I ate so many of them. I have so much regret, but they're really good. But they're delicious. Don't they're regret so it. They're so good. They're so good. Amazing. What a redemption story for, <laughs> flaming for Cheetos. I owe them an apology. I, I, <laughs> I love every... Every moment of that story was amazing. <laughs> Elizabeth, what bag of chips are you recommending today? <laughs> I have the most boring recommendation after that. I um, we <laughs> I can't even. This is like I'm recommending number rods. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I was just thinking about um, how. I have a lot of like homeschooly things in the house, obviously, but something that we use all the time that I have been using like since they 
they are little are these um, fun play number rods. They're made by a company, EDX Education. They have a variety of really cool, they have these Mm. stacking stones, but these little rods, um, they're like number rods that you'd find at school. Some of them come in ones, and then there's, you know, longer ones that represent 10 and some medium ones that represent five. Um, But when the kids are little, they could like make pictures out of them and they come with a little stack of cards that you can line them up on kind of like pattern blocks. But as they got older, we use them to demonstrate um, like addition and we've been using them for multiplication and division. And it just seems like they are so useful for so many things. Like I, a couple of them like prop up your phone (laughs) for things like I've just used them. It seems like they are used all the time. They're really fun. The kids get them out just to play with them. But also, it gave them this great math sense that I really think they got from this because hmm. of the way they talk about, um, like, starting to understand, you know, that five of the ones make five, two fives make ten, and then the series of tens, and that measuring is just doing that same thing. Uh, so it's just been a really handy, handy tool as I'm figuring out what homeschool stuff we're aging out of, what's going to stay, those sort of things. This is something that I was like, wow, we've been playing with these for a long time, like including making little letters out of them and just starting to make pictures and they come in all different colors so you can sort them like it it is if you were looking for something that had a lot of kind of bang for your buck for different age groups learning tool be able to use for homework help these are just these great little fun play number rods um and it's it's by edX education i'm looking at the website right now it looks like you can get them on amazon starting for like as little as 10 or 20 bucks yeah they're i I mean they're they're inexpensive you know as things marketed for educating children go they have we have their stones too they have stacking stones that are used for i think patterns and things like that but the kids just really like to play with them and now they Hmm. they're they have a really good texture to them and they kind of flip them over in their hands i find them very satisfying (laughs) to hold less functional (laughs) but uh, they tend to get played with a lot as well cool great i'm gonna recommend the nugget today do y'all have the nugget? No. I have two. <laughs> so the nugget is um, this modular uh, cushion thing. It's like you can, it's a play couch. It's made up of these four foam pieces. There's um, like these two triangle pillows and then these two big base cushions. And it's covered in this nice kind of like velourish fabric that you can take off and put in the wash if you need to. But they're so versatile. Um, you can make great forts out of them. Uh, Noah is now like really into Ninja Warrior. So we just used uh, the two cushions to kind of like line uh, the staircase in the basement so she can do like the wall climb um, oh. thing. Did you slide down it that way too? Yep. Because we put them on the stairs and slide down. Yeah. We slide down and then Noah and Ami start to chant. Um, beat that wall, beat that wall, like they do on Ninja Warrior, and then they climb up the wall. And so it's great for that. But um, also, we just lost power last week for a couple days. There was a big um, ice storm. And so we all camped out in the living room in front of our wood-burning stove, and the kids slept on the nuggets. So Aww. they're like very light, too. They're really easy to move around. So they're, they'd be great for sleepovers. Um, Shira could even sleep on it. I, I feel like if you're like five or shorter um you could you can stretch out on it so the nugget it's so versatile um there's like a bunch of different colors you can choose from 
um yeah elizabeth you have two so like you can build like a mansion oh for yes and they have yours. seasonal colors it was i mean for a while you couldn't get them like uh you had to go on a wait list during COVID. For oh them. wow uh and now now they are available i've heard you can buy them and they ship it to your home there's no waiting um but yeah i mean I, I like that they, so they have all these playthings, but then we stack ours. I mean, you can stack them like a tall square, but I stack mine in the playroom. So it looks like a little couch mm-hmm, and right. the kids can sit on them. So it, to me, it's like something that also looks put together. It's it's unlike, I think prior to this, we had a bunch of like old couch cushions and blankets for them to use for forts. And it just always yeah. looked like a mess. Yeah. So this is like, they can build all the stuff, but it cleans up so quickly. Yeah, it's light <laughs> enough for kids like to move couch. around. Um, the nugget they're not cheap they're like 250 bucks but like i said the fabric is washable and um we've had ours yeah, we've now had for a couple ours years and for years with with zero um degradation to its quality which um, my children can do a lot of damage so uh, <laughs> that, that to me is impressive <laughs> yeah and this is a great recommendation the nugget um all right well let's wrap up today with response to monday's episode about leashing your toddler Dear mom and dad, I'm with Jamila here. We used a toddler leash strategically, and I wanted to share a couple situations where we found it very useful that are different than what you discussed. We got a leash that secured well enough that it would break a fall and secured it to both him and us. We considered it more like a safety harness than a leash. We used it mostly for hikes where there was a steep edge nearby. We live in Arizona and love to hike in our mountains and canyons. This was really helpful training because hikes are a time where we want him to explore and not hold our hand the whole time, but we just wanted a little protection against slips. We also occasionally used it for places like the zoo if it was very crowded, so he was free to explore, but we wouldn't get separated. And it was invaluable when I flew alone with him and needed to handle luggage without losing him. Using it strategically like this, he was able to learn to confidently explore, but stay close to us pretty quickly. And he was able to grasp the fall risks on our hikes better than if we just held him the whole time. We never used the leash for times when we wanted him to learn to hold hands, like crossing the street. We just held his hand. Now at five, we haven't used the leash in years, and we have a confident hiker and explorer who knows how to stay close without holding our hands. Thanks. Jamila was right. What can I say? Zach, you weren't here, but Jamila shared her leashing experience <laughs> leashes work good for me and i i never use the leash i did tell a couple stories of after hearing jamila's success in which the leash <laughs> may have been a good purchase for us team leash uh t- yeah we did all we should say we did all come down to the if you are choosing to use it you should feel no shame <laughs> none whatsoever yeah we're really giving people a new leash on life here wait does the leash go around doesn't go around it's their like neck, right? It's like a backpack, <laughs> and then the leash attaches to the backpack. Okay, so it's, not, it's not wrapped around their neck, just to clarify, right? No. No. <laughs> it's safe. It's safe. It's <laughs> Who would have thought that, like, leashing would be such a generative topic? Not me. Well, I think people who don't like it really don't they like really it. They really Like, they, they really don't like it. Um, I mean, I just... I you know, shared for me, it just never appealed to me. It felt like we're going to learn to walk together. But of course I have several stories where the children got places that had, I had a leash they, they couldn't have gotten. Um, Jamila really, I think sold it for its ability to be an amazing tool. I think it's just branding, like calling it a leash might be the big problem. Like, listen, I thought that it wrapped around the kids' necks till a second ago. No, we needed it. We did it. We need a different word for we it. We need a different word for it. Harness is good. I think that's what they're generally called now. A toddler harness. Mm-hmm. Also, 
if the child wasn't walking too far away from you in the first place, you probably wouldn't notice that they had a harness on. Right. It's that like you see the dip when you see the strap extended, it's because they're far. Right. You want your child walking super close to you, hand holding distance. If they're not doing that and you see that, like it proves itself valuable because a child that's mm-hmm. small being away from, you know, what I mean? being a leash distance apart from you can be very dangerous. I have probably passed tons of people with them and never noticed the ones I noticed are the ones where they're screaming and the parent is pulling, you know, and they, they probably needed it. (laughs) Yep. Fascinating conversation. Thank you all for writing in or engaging on the Facebook group. Remember you can join that group by searching for slate parenting on Facebook. You can also send us stories or questions directly by calling us at 646-357-9318. 646-357-9318, or you can email us at momanddad at slate.com. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is expertly produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Audio at Slate. Shasha Leonard voices our questions and listener letters. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.